I'd like to welcome you to ING, where we try to learn something about everything. The where, when, what, why of the world, and how I see it. I question everything, because I'm no genius. You know, I'm getting kind of tired. Kind of tired of making everything perfect. I don't know if that makes sense, at least not enough sense, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it like right now. So what I've been getting tired of is, well, how do I say it? Okay, so... <clears throat> I made made two YouTube videos yesterday. Well, yesterday I made one, and the day before I made another one, kind of. It took three days total, but I made two videos for YouTube. And, um, I mean, it's, it wasn't hard, you know, it wasn't hard to make the videos. I took my iPhone out, I recorded it, edited it on the iPad, edit, edited it on the iPad, which I'm doing everything with now, which is kind of great. I like my setup. I get jealous of people who have better setups than me, like a full MacBook Pro or Mac Pro or something, where, or even a really great Windows. I'm saying Mac because I'm more ingrained with you know, Apple products, but I see the setups they have and I get jealous because I think, oh, wow, if I just had that setup, well, then I'd be golden. You know, I'd have just a solid setup. But I listened. I re-listened to one of the old episodes that I put up. I think it was the uh, Sunday Fun Day special, or maybe it was the abortion episode. I can't remember which one, but I put one of those out there, and I usually never listen to them a second time. I have my headphones on for monitoring, monitoring, and I'll I'll kind of hear if there's any imperfections while I'm going, and if there's I don't know maybe a a really loud noise that comes through in the middle of an episode, I'll I'll go through then. And then I'll, you know, edit that out. But that's, that's hardly ever, you know. So I recorded those videos and, oh, there, see, that's one of those loud noises. I recorded one of those videos and I just put it out there. Now, it took a lot of prep work. It took a whole lot of prep work, prep work which is like, you know, I'll do the recording. And then I looked at the final version of the video and I thought, I thought to myself, hey, that's not that's not like a finished product that's that's pretty pretty unfinished so then i went through on youtube and i i looked up how to do a bunch of what would you call it um a bunch of well not editing technique it's it's editing it's putting on a LUT pack and then how to do transitions a little better and it's not a finished product even then because even then it's not ever going to be finished there's always new techniques you can try and there's even if you have a preset that's kind of your style you can always do better so it's there it's up i'm, pr I'm proud of it because it, i haven't ever really done very solid youtube work and this is kind of you know putting most of what it's putting my all at my current level into the video or videos and it turned out decent. I enjoy it. It's very decent quality. It's 1080p. I recorded it in 4K. So it out, the output or the upload output to YouTube is 1080, but it's very, very good quality. And I'm happy with it. 
but I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of it because I don't like putting up something that takes as much work as that one needed. Uh, those two, as those two needed. Those took just, oh gosh, just like so much. Just like, and it wasn't much. It was like a day, you know? But to me, I'm very used to doing the way I'm doing my podcast right now, which is just take a video or a t- set up a microphone, set up the iPad and start recording, which is just easy. And it still sounds great. You know, it's I mean, to me, it sounds great. The audio quality is good enough for me and good enough for most people. It's better than most podcasts out there. You know, because like I said, I think I said it in a previous episode, Anchor really screwed people over by telling them, hey, all you need is your phone microphone, which is just fine. You can. You can start. There's no reason why you can't start. And some shows have that style where if you use your internal microphone, it, you own it. You know, you, people accept it. People like it. And, and that's fine. But for me, I like a little bit. I'm a bit more. I'm not all the way there because if I was all the way there, I would have gotten an XLR with an interface that goes to the iPad and I would have really, really tweaked it with a really solid microphone. But I'm just using the blue, the blue snowball, uh, snowball ice, I guess is what it's not ice. I don't think because it's just a black one. I think the ice is the solid white one, but it's just it's one of those blue snowball mics and it's it doesn't have a boom arm. It's just on a stand. So as cheap as I can possibly get the setup, I got it. Actually, um, I actually just paused this and came back to it. I had an interruption with some noise. <laughs> yeah, just talking about making things perfect and then getting an interruption with noise. It, uh, kind of ironic. Not really, but kind of. Either way. Um, one thing. Whatever. The, um, the point that I want to make is that for some reason, for some reason, I get really, like, picky about this stuff. Like, when I'm, so, as an example, when I recorded the, uh, which one was it? I made a Kindle and a headphones review. And the headphones review was more of a review. I actually talked about the pros and cons and the uh, features and it was, I think, under three minutes or three minutes long. And that's kind of the point here. So there's there's a video I watched by MKBHD. And he it was his iPhone video, what he really thinks about iPhones. And that thing was like 40 minutes long, 47 or something. And that's that's fine. That's a good long video. That he went to he went into literally everything, nearly everything. Like he didn't talk about keyboard functionality or something or this is what every setting does for the iPhone, but it's more like a, a feature review. What he did was he he took time, you know, but most people don't sit through the entire 47 minutes unless they really enjoy the video. And I enjoyed it. You know, I really enjoy the way he makes videos, the quality, the shots, the angles, the transitions, really everything. And it's just because he took all the time in the world to make his videos that way just solid and there's a piece of me that wants to be that solid but there's another piece of me that wants to be like PewDiePie where I mean (laughs) 
he did an entire video in 480p just to show everyone that well not really he did it in he did the one in 480p just to uh well by accident and then he did the ex- the other one with extreme low quality and pixelated with his phone as a video camera just because he's like you know what screw it i don't care you guys are going to make fun of me i'm just going to own it you know whatever i do videos the way i do them and i still get the views that i get and people who complain that oh you get you got all this crap quality and we got the good quality and we invested so much into our systems and we don't get as many views as you it's just like do your own video your style is your style and if you screw up just own it like whatever so there's a piece of me that wants to do very very solid work and then there's a piece of me that wants to do just whatever and the piece of me that wants to do whatever is the one that's stronger because that's how i made my system you know 48 show not 48 (laughs) 40 something shows uh and I'm here with this setup still, and I enjoy it. I still want to upgrade because I, who doesn't like the nicest things, you know? But even then, the nicest things don't change who you are. They don't change your uh, style, your presentation. It's just, you know, extra tools. Still, I want nice things. But I'm tired of, and I'm not tired, I just, I get annoyed, I get frustrated, there's a word I'm looking for that I'm not finding, one that would, there's probably a word in the English language or another language that would really explain the feeling I have where I don't like taking all the steps necessary to make something a production value or production quality item, I guess. So, I don't know, I just... I like what I'm doing here, but I want to be better, but at the same time, I don't care. If that makes sense. Still. This one, this episode, is the most minimal scripting ever. There's like, what is it, one, no, one, two, three lines of, like, notes of what to follow. And the first one, well, there's four, but the first one is just the title. And it's how to develop a healthy level of skepticism. And I think I'm just going to get into it now. So, and I don't think there's going to, there's no clips. There, there won't be any clips on this one. This is just me ranting or talking or whatever. There's, when I talk to family or friends or anyone, and I try to hit them in the mouth, so to say, to try and open their mind, their eyes, to the same ideas same mentality, same things that I'm interested in, it doesn't go over well. And not like it doesn't go over well where there's an argument or something. It just doesn't really ever stick. You know, like, if I try to get them to listen to the podcast I listen to, unless you're a podcast listener, you can't... uh, Unless that person is a podcast listener already, it's hard to get them to listen to the one that you want them to listen to. It's hard to get them to listen to any podcast in general. The car just went by. A really loud car. Um, anyway, you can't really get them to to do what you want them to do. It's kind of like, so if you're a Christian and you're trying to, or someone's trying to convince you that Christianity isn't real, and this is a really, really weird example. I mean, comparing podcasts, listening to a belief system 
is very different, but it's kind of the same. And it, it is in my mind, at least, where if you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Buddhist and someone is trying to or any popular mainline religion and someone tries to get you to believe the opposite or someone tries to get you to doubt what you believe, it's very hard. It's super hard. It's hard to to change a belief. You know, facts are one thing to get someone to change their mind on a fact, but a belief, I mean, that's hard. You can't change someone's belief system, not easily, you know, and even if it's changeable, it's not really changeable because there's still a little inkling of something in that person's mind that tells them this is the way to believe. And that's just, I mean, it's a cultural thing. It's a language thing. It's something that is baked into you just one by where you were born, what family you were born into, just all those things, you know? So same thing with podcasting. If your lifestyle doesn't support podcast listening, well, then what's the point of you to even get into it? Like, let's say you work in an office job where you're on the computer all day long and you have to focus really, really hard or even just moderately hard on something. You're not going to be listening to podcasts. You have to focus, you know, and it's an it's an eight hour, nine hour job, whatever. And what? When else are you going to be able to listen? On the car ride home? What are you going to listen to a four-minute podcast? Even a 10, 20-minute podcast? Podcasts I listen to are three hours long. You know, like, who has that time of a commute? And then when you get home, you got family. And if you don't have family, you want to play video games. Like, there's there's a lifestyle for podcast listeners. And the the lifestyle I have, or I'm, <laughs> it's funny, I actually cater my lifestyle to podcasts. It's so strange. I'll... And not necessarily just podcasts. There's sermons that are in a podcast feed because it's all RSS at the at the end of the day. But you'll have a job opportunity come up. And if that job opportunity doesn't pay as well, that's one of the main things. If it doesn't pay as well as the one you have, you turn it down. But if it pays as well, maybe even a little bit better, but you lose the opportunity to catch up on your podcast that you really enjoy, that's a tough decision to make for me. It's just like, I don't, I don't know why. It's just one of those things. It, like, you'd be stupid not to take that job. But then also, you'd be stupid to give up the value you're getting from those podcasts or sermons or whatever you listen to on a day-to-day basis. So most of the jobs I've had recently are the ones that allowed me to listen to podcasts with pretty much total freedom. Now, there's other you know, criteria that come into choosing a job, but still, it's one of those things. It's very strange, but it really is a thing. But this one, this one is how to develop a healthy level of skepticism because the podcasts that I listen to and the lifestyle that I've chosen and that I've fallen into as well have given me a level of skepticism that might be borderline unhealthy, but it's healthy at the moment. Uh, It it also comes down to how you approach it, and, and I'll get into that, but the step one on how to develop that healthy level of skepticism is to meet your hero. So there's a saying, and that, that saying is that if you, or that you should never meet your heroes, because your he- if you meet your hero, you'll be let down in one way, shape, or form. Your hero is basically someone who has a set of morals or something that you look up to, right? And if you haven't met that person, that's all you see them as. They're the ultimate ideal. And in that moment, they're the ultimate judge to you. And that's, that's just the way it works. It's kind of like, if everyone's a superhero, then no one is. I don't know how to make that make sense any better than it is. Um, 
if they're the ultimate ideal, they're the ultimate judge. We'll make Jesus the example. And this I learned from Jordan Peterson, which is crazy because he's not even a traditional Christian. But Jesus is the ultimate ideal, meaning he has every single personality trait that you would admire in yourself, everything that you would enjoy in yourself. He's, you know, righteous in anger when he needs to be. He's righteous in judgment when he needs to be. He's righteous in love when he needs to be. Every single identity trait that the Judeo-Christian worldview looks at as admirable, he has. But he's also the ultimate judge. And that's proven in the book of Revelation whenever he comes back and, oh my goodness, just, it's, it's gruesome. But that's, that's justice. He's the ultimate judge. Or, let me rephrase it one more time. So, if Jesus is the ultimate ideal and the ultimate judge, it's the same way with any other hero that you have. Now, they're not Jesus, but it's the same principle. If you have a hero, someone you look up to, someone you admire, someone you listen to a lot, and they're, they're important to you, I guess, in some way, in some way, shape, or form. My brother-in-law really likes LeBron James because of his basketball skills, and that's his hero in the basketball realm, we'll say. He, <laughs> he really doesn't like his political views, but, you know, he really enjoys his basketball career and everything that has to do with basketball his style his form <clears throat> really everything that has to do with basketball well if he met his his hero he would find things about the guy that he didn't like and it could be anything it could be any with any person that finds out who their hero is you realize your hero isn't what you thought they were they're really only your hero in that one regard which is basketball so leave it that way Unless you want to become skeptical of things. And if you do, meet that person. Because you'll realize that what you thought someone was in your mind, based on some, not infantile, but some premature understanding of that person, then you'll learn real quick that you shouldn't have had that in the first place. So... There's step one, meet your hero. If you want to be a skeptic, you meet your hero. That's, that's step, I mean, that's one of the steps. It's not like it's a step-by-step -step thing, but that's one of the things, one of the criteria, one of the checkboxes you have to notch off if you want to become a skeptic or skeptical of really anything and everything. Because then that, that right there, that one, if that one thing happens, then you have ingrained an idea of when you look at something and you look at its if you look at anything so uh what's an example let's say this if you try and rent a house on airbnb you look at the pictures and you're like wow that looks great and then you look a little closer you're like oh there's a filter on that why'd they put a filter like i get it you know it's it's a house buying thing you put on a filter because it looks better and it's like eye candy you know it's cheesecake but then when you get in your mind you think well what if i get on the job site what if it's not as great looking as it is in the photo and once you get up close and personal, you realize there's really a lot of imperfections. And that filter and that overview picture that didn't go into depth on the really crap tile job that they actually did on the backsplash, well, it's really not that great. It's just one of those things. You know, you become more skeptical of anything and everything. So it's one step and leads us into step number two or step number or checkbox number two, experience a traumatic loss or two 
Now, this doesn't seem as straightforward as it is, but it helps to become a skeptic because if you experience a traumatic loss, you're not going to look at the world as a rainbows and unicorns, sunshine and roses kind of thing. You're going to look at it the way it's meant to be looked at, the way um, Stoics, the way all of the philosophers of the past, the way all of the religious people, the way all of the real successful people look at the world. And that is that the world is suffering. You know, it's, it's not to say that the world doesn't have its, ups, its, its up moments. You know, the world will, and it's, your life will. But the main thing about the world is that there's suffering, and that's just the way the world is. That's the way the earth is. That's the way everything is. Entropy is the scientific word for it. Everything is in a state of decay, constant state of decay. And that's just, literally everything is in a constant state of decay, not just material objects. You know, I don't want to say metaphysical, but technically metaphysical things are in a state of decay as well. You know, a group, a gr- okay, so like um, group think, uh, like on let's use Twitter as an example. Twitter has, there's some sort of, I don't remember what it is, but there's some sort of like algorithm that, that looks at the, uh, emotional state of any given country based on the word choice of tweets used. And that word choice of tweets used will give this algorithm a, uh, a general grade level of the, I guess, emotional state of any given place, uh, country, state, city, whatever. And even that itself is in a constant state of decay because your mentality is in a constant state of decay. Every single thing is meant to die. And every single every single thing is meant to die. That's just the nature of the earth. Everything is meant to die. And that's a grim, that's a kind of a pessimistic way to look at things, but it doesn't change it. Uh, not nihilistic, pessimistic, nihilistic, same, same difference. I mean, it's not, but it's, it, they both tie in. That's the the best way to look at the world because when you look at the world that way well if you get drug into it then you can get into a state of depression which you shouldn't you shouldn't go that far but you should look at it in the sense of everything is meant to die anyway so if you get an extra day with anything in a good mood well and that's something to really cherish and appreciate you know that's something if you get something that's genuinely beautiful something that's genuinely genuine and just good then you appreciate it that much more. But then when something comes up and it's, it's marketed, and you, you, you already know that that thing is not as great as the marketing says, but it's marketed as the best thing since sliced bread, well, then you can be skeptical about it because you already know that there's going to be a traumatic loss with that if you sink everything, your heart, soul, and just everything into that. Well, then you know already that you're going to lose it, that it's going to decay, it's going to die, it's going to be gone soon. And that's just the nature of the world. That's step two, checkbox two of how to become a skeptic. And I think it's one of the most important ones. Now, traumatic loss could be anything, anything. Now, it doesn't have to be as severe as losing a family member, a father, a mother, a son, any, anything like that, or a best friend. It doesn't have to be like losing them to death. It could be, it could be getting robbed, you know, because that's traumatic and it is a loss. You know, it could be anything. But it's something to let you know that the world isn't sunshine and roses. And it's something that everyone will experience. So if you haven't yet, you will. And that's kind of an involuntary way to get on your way to becoming a skeptic. 
Um, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of sad to say that, but it, it happens, you know, so what are you going to do? But then moving on to step number three. <sighs> step number three kind of ties into step number one and two, the best of ways. It's 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 a it's a harsh one. It really is a very very harsh one. But that's to have your trust that you put in someone just broken into pieces, just shattered, like completely shattered. And I guess the lesson you can take away from that is: Can you rebound? Can you come back after something that horrible? You know, there's there's some there's some things that shouldn't happen to anyone really, but it happens. And when, when you look at it from the outside in, you think of it in a way that's kind of like, oh, well, I would recover from that, or I would, I would act this way, I would act that way, I would, I mean, you just, you're thinking about all the things that you would do, but you haven't experienced it. You haven't felt it. You haven't, and it's not to say that you can't empathize with someone, because you can, even without experiencing that, but it's not something that, it's not something you should go through life without experiencing. I'll say it that way. You should experience it. And you probably will. And that's, that comes, well, no, you, you know what, what would cause it? Being around people would cause it. Being around other people would cause you to experience your trust being broken. Like, let's say you have children. If you have children then you already, I mean, you don't even have to have children to know this, but if you have children, you already know in your heart of hearts that you will have your children let you down. And that's just because you've let your parents down in multiple ways. <laughs> and you know that your kids will let you down. So if, you're, if your kids are very young and very small, that's one of the reasons why people cherish their children so much when they're small is because they can't let you down. I mean, even if they do, it's really just like, I mean, what is it? It's like you, uh, you tell them not to take the candy off the shelf because I don't, I don't know. That's a horrible example. I don't know what, let's see. Um, you tell them not to, you teach them not to lie, whatever you teach them not to lie. And they lie straight to your face and they try and get away with it. And then, you know, you have to punish them. I mean, not punish, but discipline, but punish, but discipline. You know what I mean? You have to discipline them. You have to say, ah, oh, you're in timeout. Oh, you don't get the toy anymore. Oh, you don't, I mean, old Romanian way, you know, the way I grew up with, you get a beating, you know, you get, eh, well, I say it's the old Romanian way, but, eh, <laughs> some people would call it abuse, but, you know, you grow up with it, and you're a kid, you don't know any different, so it's not abuse, but it is, but it's not, but still, you know, it, it's, there's different, I don't know, there's different ways to discipline, that's, that shouldn't ever be, well, I shouldn't say ever be, but that shouldn't be the first thing on your mind is to go straight to spanking. You know, it should be something else, especially, especially for something small. You know, I mean, and then we have our own definitions of what small is, but you, you know, you know what I mean? I'm going into detail when I shouldn't be. Still, having your trust that you put in someone broken and destroyed, it's, it's something that really changes the way you look at the entire world. You look at the entire world in a way where where now, how do you put trust in anyone if the person that you chose to put your trust in 
was very close because who else do you put your trust in? You don't put your trust in, in a stranger. You put it into someone that's close to you. So if you put your trust in that person, they have everything. You're vulnerable. You're now vulnerable to that person because now you've let them know I'm opening up to you and I trust you like a trust fall. You know, you're vulnerable. That's that's the whole point of a trust fall. You're putting yourself in a very vulnerable situation and someone is supposed to catch you. Someone's supposed to be there as your, I don't know, your safety blanket, whatever, your safety net. And then they're not there. You break, <laughs> you break your butt. Like, what then? You know, you, you, you broke, you're broken. You really are. And what then? You have to, at some point, put your trust in something or someone else again. But how? If all you can think about is how they're going to do the same exact thing to you and not catch you when you need to be caught. But you have to. And you do. Eventually. But how long that'll take, I don't know. But these are the steps that you have to take to become a skeptic. Or to become someone who's more skeptical of everything. And anything. And that's actually, it's not a bad thing. But then again, it's not bliss. You know, it's not, it's not being ignorant. Um, willfully or, or unintentionally. You have to be observant of everything to be skeptical of everything. And to be observant of everything is actually a whole other mindset on its own. Like, for me, I guess one step that I didn't even know that was leading me down the path that I... Um, currently on still but am at now was was to turn off notifications on my phone that was one of the biggest stepping stones to this ever when you turn off notifications i mean obviously other than the cell phone and the text message you turn off notifications to the phone and you get rid of unnecessary conversations so like as an example anytime that a group chat is started where i'm in it <laughs> the almost every time the first text that i'll throw out there is and this is, I'm being serious, I might even put a screenshot somewhere in here, but I probably won't. But either way, the very first message that I'll send to that group is, I'm instantly muting this conversation. And I put it out there so everyone will know that I'm not really interested in this conversation. And it could be an interesting conversation, but it's probably not. And if it's not, well, then I already nipped that in the bud right away. The whole point is, you, you get rid of all these distractions. So you can have your focus placed somewhere else, somewhere that you deem important. Now, what you deem important could probably be wrong. You probably should be on that group chat, especially if you want to actually be included in anything in the future. But what if you don't? And what if you do, but you only want to be included on important things? Well, then you already let them know, I don't think this group text is important. It's not important to me, so I'm just not going to be a part of it. And that's just fine. Maybe they'll add you on something that they feel you're, that they feel you would find important in the future, but then again, maybe they won't. It's just it's one of those things. Like how how do you want to spend your time? Where do you want to spend your focus? And where you want to spend your where I want to is my family, my job, my podcasts, my spiritual life. These things are more important to me, and. I'm not the best at it, obviously. I'm still learning. I'm not very old. I don't have everything figured out. And I don't think anyone does. But there are people that are at a, at a better level of understanding of who they are and what they want out of the world and all these things. But the whole point is just 
you have to start somewhere where your focus is not, what would you say, where your focus isn't wasted. You don't want to waste that focus. And if you don't waste it, then you'll be able to make informed decisions. You'll be able to discern things better. It's, it all comes down, I guess, in the end to, well, I mean, it all comes down. There's no way it all comes down, especially with this show, but, or with this episode. But what I want to make a point out of the end point that I'm making is that in the end, if you want to have focus, if you want to look at things with a level of skepticism, with a level of, um, I guess, deeper understanding, and maybe that's the best way to say it. If you want to do that, you really have to, what would you say? You really have to, you can't have your focus divided. You can't have divided focus. You can't look at something and say, you can't look at eye candy, like a Facebook story or an Instagram story or a Snapchat story or something that, not not a story necessarily of the people that that you follow, but like all these extra things that are in the app just to keep your attention and to drag you back into it. You can't make that your driving force. You can't make that something that you're constantly going to your phone for. You have to spend more time on more important things. Everyone will tell you, I don't have time to be listening to, I'll just say, <laughs> it's always one of the examples. I don't have time to listen to podcasts. I don't have time to open a business. I don't have time to watch that video on how to do better in this point in my life. I don't have time to draw. I don't have time to do this other job. I don't have time to do a second job. I don't have time to go to school. I don't have time to watch my kids. Really, because people will use that excuse and they go get a babysitter. And that's fine. A lot of people actually don't have time because they're doing the three jobs. And that's I'm not degrading that. I'm just saying, if you say you don't have time, and let's say it's for something extremely important in your life. Trust me, something bad will happen in your life to give you that time. That happens a lot. So don't act like you don't have time because you do. It's just like, what are you willing to give up to get that time? And if it's something that's not really making you better as a person, then you won't. Then you don't need it. So get rid of it. Be proactive about it. Get rid of it. Now, there's, um, there's things in my own life that I need to get rid of that are taking up time. But I've made enough time to do the things I actually care about while still being able to enjoy some of the things that are kind of just, you know, turn your brain off and just zone out for a while. Watch a movie. Watch some YouTube. Do something like that. And then you'll still have time to do the normal things. But I don't know. That's just... I guess that's uh, that's the end of it. I don't have a lot more to go off on. So yeah, this was uh, this is just me venting, I guess. Yeah, this one, this one's done. This is me learning like history or origins of things or anything like that. This is just me learning. I guess this is a uh, what's that word? Not intro, uh, introspective introspective learning a little bit this is me being in being introspective probably yeah this is me being introspective and hopefully passing something on to someone and if my audience is uh millennial then i'll probably pass it on and it'll probably stick or, or if it's gen z 
hopefully it will, because these millennials and Gen Z got some problems. They got some problems, man. Like, oh, you know what? Let's go. This isn't it. My brother, (laughs) for one, I mean, it's not something to laugh about because it's kind of serious, but also something that's actually self-diagnosable and self-treatable, mainly by using the steps that I mentioned here because I could have succumbed to the same, you know, depths of, uh, what is it? Depths of pain. I could have been in the same place as him if I didn't take some of these steps. And I'm not saying that, oh my goodness, I found a miracle cure, and uh, if you don't try it my way, you'll never get out of it. But, I mean, anxiety is just taking a hold of it. I don't even know what anxiety... I've, I've looked up the definition, and I've never gotten a solid understanding of what anxiety really is. I've asked people what their definition is, and I haven't gotten a solid understanding from there either. But it's a thing, and they say it, and they probably know what they mean, but I don't necessarily know what anxiety is. Doesn't mean you're introverted, doesn't mean that you're antisocial, doesn't mean that you're self-aware, overly self-aware, doesn't mean that you're self-conscious, doesn't mean that you're scared. Like I don't it doesn't mean you're all those things. And if it does, those are internal problems that you need to get over from I mean childhood. Those are things that you're that I think also social media has screwed you over with too, because I mean filters are one of the biggest problems to do that because A filter is very representative of what you feel about yourself. Um, If it's a very commonly used filter. Also, anytime a female takes a picture with only half face, or male, doesn't matter, but I've really only seen it with females, they take half of their face photo, and it's usually what they call their good side. Um, What's wrong with your whole face? What's wrong with the whole side of your face? What's wrong with taking a picture where they can see the entire face? It's a mental thing. It's not what other people think of you. It's what you think of you. If you think that you're ugly on that side of your face, you won't take that picture of that side of your face. It's not what other people think. That's you. That's on you. This is why. This is one. mm, Well, kind of, but also not really. This is why you get a lot of these millennials who are starting to dress the way that they decide. Or Gen Z. The way that they think is cool and they kind of don't care what other people think. And that's good. That's a step. But there's also the people who say, I don't care what people think, but they really do. And they're really just trying to be different. I want to be different than others. And that's fine. You can be different, but have like your own idea of different. If it... I'm going kind of far on this, but yeah, this helps you to get over that. This helped me a lot to get over that. Not like I was ever in so far of that rabbit rabbit hole where I really, really, really cared what people think because I kind of got out of that a lot earlier than others. But it it was kind of like, let's say this. This is the problem that I had. I had a problem with saying what was really on my mind. One, because I didn't like contentious situations. And I still don't. I don't like being in a contentious situation. I don't like arguing. I don't like being in an uncomfortable situation where two people are arguing and that just comes down to that comes down to me being not being in enough arguments for one but also not being in any real arguments not being in a good argument because a good argument is one where you actually come to a solution and where we're not going into 
we're not arguing to where we start insulting each other. We insult the argument that the other person puts out there. If you go into an argument where you where you're trying to straw man another person is another problem. If you try and straw man another person, then you're degrading not just their argument, but them in a sense by calling them stupid for ever coming up with something as stupid as the argument that you feel is stupid. But that's the straw man that you're trying to break down. So the best way for me to get over that is to try and explain to the other person their side of the argument better than they can. And then telling them why I believe they're still wrong. Now, there's points in an argument where I can't do that. And in that situation, I'll tell them, you know what? I'm probably wrong. I'll look into it more. If you have something that will help me look into it more and understand it better, please send it my way. I've never. Now, I've done this with my parents. I've done this with uh, family members. I've done this with friends. I've asked them, please send me something that I'm not understanding to help me understand why you believe this a certain way or why you understand it a certain way. And every time I get the same response, okay, I'll send it to you. Never gotten anything. And I get it. Things slip through the cracks, but it kind of makes me seem like, feel like everyone is working with half-baked information, me and them included. And what we'll do is we'll put in filler information that seems, what would you call it? It seems like common sense, but it's not. Because if it was, it would be easy enough for you to show me or to explain to me why I'm wrong. So that's, how, that's what's helping me with understanding, or that's what's helping me with getting over my own fears, my own internal battles that could have put me in the same boat of, what would you call, anxiety or being anxious as other people and asking for mental health help which is a, it's a fad right now. It really, I mean, it's not necessarily a fad, but it kind of is because people do need help with their mental health. Get that. But the way they're getting it is a fad. What was it? I I didn't even watch the whole thing. It was so, and I'll use the word cringe. It was so cringeworthy to watch them do this, that it really, really made me change a lot more and it was it was recent but either way I watched that PewDiePie video of the um millennials choose who gets a thousand dollars and it was just cringe you know and that's where that dressing different thing comes in and he noticed and he's a millennial and he noticed that everyone was or I think it was his co-host that was noticing that everyone's dressing just a little bit different to try and stand out from the crowd but do it on a budget kind of thing and that's the thing that people are doing now Now, I get it. Some kids actually do it because they're like, hey, screw it. I'm owning up to this. I don't care what you think. This is the way that I I was raised on thrift stores. Me, myself, and I, I was raised on thrift stores. And so was my family. So they dress from thrift stores because, hey, they understand this is what I've come from. This is what I understand. This is me. This is who I am as a person. So get over it. If you want me to wear Gucci, I'm sorry. I don't have money for that, and I don't care. Neither should you. Gucci doesn't define me. You know, I'm just using Gucci. It's not like there's nothing wrong. There's not something wrong with Gucci. Gucci's just fine. But Still, in that, it was so cringeworthy to watch because one of the girls says she tries to dismantle someone else's argument, and this guy's just a, I want to use the word, but I'm not going to. This guy is just, I mean, he's that, he's a different level of evil because his level of evil is that he, he wants to come off as compassionate and caring and empathetic towards other people's needs 
but in reality, he's really just looking at what he can gain from the situation. And you can tell because he's, he's living out an archetype that, in the book Atlas Shrugged, what was it? Uh, James Taggart, one of the main characters, did the same thing. He's a rich dude, but he's got no real like values of his own, no real uh, traits that you'd call good about himself. And what he'll do is, or what he did was, he married a poor girl. And he did it to show people that he was compassionate and that he wanted to bring her up out of the slums and he was such a good person and and, and all this nonsense. And you can you can see it plainly. And the problem is, he's this this guy on this video is doing the same thing. He wants to show that he's compassionate and that he's trying to do the best for other people and he's helping minorities and like, screw you, you don't need to help minorities. The best way to help minorities is to help them help themselves. You don't have to get a thousand dollars to help minorities. And how do you explain how you would help minorities? Because that's a very generalized statement. But this girl tried to call him out on it. And she wasn't very successful. And it was kind of cringe the way she tried to call him out because she was being very passive about it. Like trying to trying to act like, hey, I'm not really calling you out, but I am. But I'm not really. So don't take it that way. She's just kind of giving herself a get out of jail free card, you know, and then when she went up to the podium to say, hey, or to she was in the spotlight to say, hey, uh, this is why I need $1,000. She said, oh, I need it for mental health issues, and it's $28,000. Who spends $28,000 on mental health help? You can get, if you really, really want to go this route, you can go to the doctor and get prescribed this, and Medicare or your insurance should cover 90% of the mental health help from a shrink. And there's good shrinks out there. So, like, who, who's going to spend $28,000 on mental health? You're 20. What do you know? You know, like, not even, maybe. Like, what do you know? What do you think you need? $28,000. You're probably the person who went to college and got a degree in gender studies. Like, what will you use that for? You tell me what you will use that for. What job will help you, will take you with that degree? Basket weaving. Like, it doesn't, no, it doesn't, there's no, I don't know, this just seems, I'm going into, I'm going into a rant that I don't need to be, but this is just something that shows it. Like, if you, if you want to be better with mental health, do these three things. That's the best thing to do. And then also turn off notifications to your phone and maybe... Once you've turned off notifications from all these popular, like look, look, Facebook has options for which notifications you want delivered to you. So you can choose to get only messages. If you want the likes, get the likes. But I turn those off because that's, I don't have Facebook, but I would, turn, I have a different social media account. It's Mastodon. It's, uh, it's, it's different. It's the same, but different. There's no algos. So it doesn't send you a message, a notification that says this person posted in this and he hasn't posted in a long time, come check it out. And then it also says someone mentioned you, and it's, and I don't know, it, it seems like some of this is algoized just to keep you on the platform, which it is, and if you watch the social, the social Dilemma, you'll see that. But I turn off everything other than direct messages and follow requests, and that's it. Just because I'd like to send, I'd like to give that person permission or deny them, and I'd like to answer back the messages because I don't want to leave someone hanging. Now, I don't even do it right away. Sometimes the notifications don't work properly, and that's just fine. 
you know, like just get over it. But either way, turn off notifications, not completely if you don't feel like you need to, but turn them off to where you have more time to focus. And then just watch, just watch the magic happen. At that point, once you turn off those notifications and you see that you're not as important as you think you are, man, man, just imagine, just imagine the world we would live in. Anyway, um, that's it. That's it. This is it. Um, yeah, this podcast is now value for value, meaning, well, it, it's been, but this podcast is now, I think this is the qualifier, but it is, n well, not necessarily. No. So I'll get into this real quick. Um, I publish through Anchor because I'm cheap. Now, when I get a little bit more money, uh, or when I set aside a little bit more money, not because I'll get more, but when I set aside a little bit more money, I will get a, probably a blueberry or a, um, maybe, what was it? Uh, is it Astapod or one of these? I'll go with a decent publisher who is Podcasting 2.0 certified, and I'll make this uh, podcast, I'll make it Podcasting 2.0 certified or compliant. And at that point, it will be fully compliant. But currently, it is only compliant in the sense that you can listen to my podcast through the Breeze Wallet or Sphinx Chat, which aren't the easiest to get onto because I tried to get onto it myself and it wasn't the easiest. But then again, it is very, it, it's hard for a podcaster to set it up because there's not very much documentation. So it's very new. But I got on it. And if you'd like to download the wallet and uh, use the invite code that I will put in the I think I'll put it in. I'll try. I'll see if that's how it works. I'll put it in the show notes on this, which it's only going to be like two lines of text, which is you can either support it on Anchor or you can support it through uh, the open source way through Bitcoin. Then do it that way. And the way it works is if you want to set it up this way, you can set it up to stream me a certain amount of Bitcoin sats, satoshis, uh, which are just a, a fraction of a real Bitcoin. So Bitcoin right now is worth like, what, $50,000 at the recording of this episode, probably. And a Satoshi is a fraction of that amount. So I think it's 10,000 Bitcoin or no, 27,000 or 27,000 Satoshis equals $10. So if you want to do 10 Satoshis a minute, you can do that, which by the end of this episode would probably be maybe 50 cents, <laughs> maybe, maybe not even. No, that would be a fraction of a cent. Even then, like if you wanted to do that, you could do that. If you wanted to do 100 Satoshis a minute, you could do that. And even that would probably only be a few cents every minute. But the whole point is I'm not doing this to make money. Because if you get into something to make money, you will compromise in every way. This is a hobby for me. And this is why most podcasts fail. Because they feel they'll make money right away and they don't. And they realize it's a vow of poverty and they'll never make money unless they do certain things. Or if they ask or whatever, and they just quit. This is a hobby for me, and this is something I enjoy doing, so I'm doing it. If you feel like you got value out of it, you can either support me through Anchor, you can support me through PayPal, you can support me really anywhere. I've made it as easy as possible, you know, other than through Visa, because uh, I don't have that set up, but I have PayPal, I have Bitcoin, I have uh, Anchor support, I have an email that you can send me something to. I might even do a P.O. box. I don't know. Probably not, but you know, there you go. If you wanted to support me, um, you could listen through the Breeze 
wallet app. I think they're on Android and iOS. I'm not sure if the Android version has podcasting built in yet because I haven't downloaded it to see. But I have a Android device now that I will be testing that on. Uh, Sphinx Chat, I know, is on iOS. I don't know if it's on Android. I think there's like a Voltage Wallet that's for that too. But I'll look into that later. Either way, if you'd like to support me, you can do that. If you don't want to send money, that's just fine. Um, I have a website set up to where it's not fancy. It's a single-page website where if you want to send in some value uh, in the sense of talk about this or I really appreciate what you're doing or um, I think you suck in this regard, send that over because that is value because it will help me change things up or do things the same way. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of it. Uh, I think, I think what I want to do is I want to change the intro, um, a little bit, maybe, maybe make it, I don't know. We'll see. I love my intro. It's, I, I love it. I love it, but I feel like it might be a little too long now that I've used it a few times because it's 30 seconds long and it's, I think about, no, I think it's a little longer than 30 seconds. It's probably like 45 to a minute long and it's. 30 seconds before I even start talking. And I feel like that's a little bit long for an intro. But then again, then again, I really do like it. That's me. I really like it. So if someone else thinks that's a little too long, maybe put that in the in the notes and I'll do something to change it. But yeah, from here, this is it. Uh, I strayed from the initial point of the show and uh, I'm calling it. This is it. Thank you for listening. Can my podcast give me five stars?